Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. Turn with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, I'm going to try to get through this one today. And in verse 5 it says, Well, for what we proclaim... Ah, uh, I can't even start today. For what we proclaim is not ourselves... But Jesus Christ is Lord with our servants, ourselves as, ser- as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What, what he's saying here is like what you're seeing, the good and awesome that you're seeing, it's not me, but the same God who said, let there be light is shining inside of me and now that light is shining out to everyone else around to bring knowledge that word knowledge it's talking about knowledge to everyone around me the knowledge of God to every person who sees me so it has nothing to do with me at all um today is traditionally we call um palm sunday the sunday before Easter, Resurrection Sunday, and it's celebrated as time, uh, you can look it up if you want, in Mark chapter 11, where um, Jesus comes into Jerusalem, and as he comes into Jerusalem, he comes in as prophesied on this, on this young donkey, and, and people line the streets, and they start praising him, and shouting Hosanna, and worshiping him, and they're like laying out their, their robes, and and palms that's where we get the name palms are laying out these palms and like basically what we consider rolling out the red carpet for the king of kings and they're worshiping jesus you can keep a bookmark there in corinthians or you i'm going to flip over to mark chapter 15 because then you fast forward a week same people Same people, Mark chapter 15, verse 6. It says, now at the feast, this is Jesus. He's been arrested now. He's been arrested and brought before the leaders. It says, now at the feast, he used to release for them one prisoner from whom they asked. This is Pilate. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder, In the insurrection was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he he usually did for them. And he answered them saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? He wanted me to release Jesus. For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have them have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, 
Then what shall I do with this man you call the king of the Jews? And they said, or they cried out again, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. This same Jesus who a week earlier was worshipped and revered. Now this crowd was shouting, crucify him. And he was the same man. He had not changed at all. And this, this is heavy on me because next week we're going to be celebrating Resurrection Sunday. But, but this week I'm, I'm looking at the death of Jesus and how an innocent man, completely sinless. Do you realize Jesus was completely sinless? Not that he was completely temptationless. I think we get that confused sometimes. Jesus was tempted just like you are. Think about some of the temptations you have in life. Jesus was tempted with those, and he didn't give in. That means you can do it too. He didn't have any special get-out-of-jail-free card like, <laughs> I can't sin. He could have if he had chose to. He didn't. He avoided sin. So here's Jesus And I, I wonder about us sometimes that we yell Hosanna and sometimes we yell crucify him. Like sometimes we see the kingdom of God as freedom and life and sometimes we see it as tyranny and Jesus is a dictator. Right? That's why we choose sin sometimes. That's why we choose to do the wrong thing. Because sometimes we're like, yeah, Jesus, we love you. And we thank you that you give us freedom and grace. But then we deliberately choose what he doesn't want us to have. And what we're saying is, why do you want to rule my life, Jesus? It's the same Jesus. And I'm telling you this morning, he is full of life and truth and grace. But Sometimes, especially in the world, we think, yeah, but Jesus, you're just keeping me from having all that fun that I want to have. Which is fun. For a season, the scripture says. There's pleasure in sin for a season. But then the wages of sin is death, right? My message this morning isn't, man, avoid sin because it'll kill you someday. My message is this, there is life and hope and truth in Jesus Christ. Like the joy and the freedom that comes through Jesus is so much more amazing than anything else you can lean into. That's what I heard in this testimony this morning. That's what I know in my own life. And I know from so many of the testimonies of people that I've heard in this congregation today is that there's life and truth and hope and Jesus Christ, but it's the same Jesus. In fact, that's what Peter says, the same Jesus that you crucified is Savior and Lord. It's the same Jesus. We just view him differently sometimes. Um, I remember 
I remember when I was, oh gosh, I don't know, like 12, 13 years old. I was in Boy Scouts. Um, and we decided to go on a camping trip. It was actually a group Boy Scout, Boy Scout trip thing over in Harrison or whatever. And while we were planning for this trip, the scout leader, he's like, well, we're going to be there for a couple days, about five meals. Boys, I just want you to plan all the meals, bring 20 bucks next time, and I'll let you guys go buy all the groceries. So you had a bunch of like 12, 13-year-old boys planning the meals for a two-day camping trip. You know what was on that? Yeah, meat and sugar. Like that just junk, terrible stuff. And he like gave, like we pile all our money in the center of a table. We were over at the Methodist Church in Berryville, and our scout leader's like, okay, go get the stuff. And like we just grabbed our wad of cash, walked over. I think it was like food for less or price cutter at the time, I don't know. And there's a bunch of just 12, 13 boys just running around the store, like, we get to buy whatever we want. Um, it was chaos. It was a, I learned a lot that day. It was a bad idea, but I learned a lot that day. We had to put a lot of stuff back because we didn't have enough money. You know what stuff we ended up putting back? Like all the fruits and vegetables and everything. We ended up with, with like burgers, steaks, and all the little Debbies you can imagine. And I used to have this favorite little Debbie called a Star Crunch. Anybody know what a Star Crunch is? It's basically like a like little rice cake covered in chocolate. And my mom knew I loved them. She would always put them in my lunch every day because, man, I love these things. And um, we get there. My dad went us with us on this camping trip. And it's actually the trip I met Eddie. He was in the Green Forest Boy Scouts. I was in Berryville. I met him for the first time. He was different back then. Uh, he also has a testimony. <laughs> but but we're, um, we're playing and having fun and everything. And then... I ate so many Star Crunches. Like, I think I might have ate an entire box by myself or something. I mean, I ate so many Star Crunches. That night we got in our tent, this thunderstorm comes through. It like blows down our tent a couple times. Water's coming inside. It's just me and my dad in the tent we were in. And long about 3 a.m., all the Star Crunches that I had ingested, I outgested. And my dad just decided, he was supposed to speak at a thing the next morning, because um, it was a Sunday morning. He just decided we were done with that camping trip, and told me to get in the cab of his pickup truck. He grabbed the entire tent, sleeping bags, and everything else that was now in it, water and star crunches, and he just chunked it into the bed of his truck, and we drove home. Like, he was done. He was done. To this day... I cannot eat a Star Crunch, right? Because when I see one, you know what I think of? Not good things. Not good. I just think Star Crunches, no, how many have a food like that? Like you used to love it, an event happened, now you no longer can eat that food, right? Did the food change? Star Crunches are exact. I mean, it was weird because I walked by some yesterday in Walmart, and I was like, nope, can't even hardly look at the things, right? Nothing about Star Crunch has changed. You know what's changed? Me. Me. What used to be delicious and awesome, now I think that is nasty and gross, and please get that away from me here. Like, and don't you dare bring me any. That is not the love of the Lord. <laughs> Flip back over to 2 Corinthians, though, because I want to read something to you in 2 Corinthians 
chapter 2. And in verse 14, it says this, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal processions. Like, did you know you're always, in Christ, you're always in an awesome parade of winning. And I love being in parades. That's another story for another time. But it's like my favorite thing in the world. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. The fragrance of the knowledge of who? Jesus. Everywhere we go, people are just smelling Jesus. Right? For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved among, and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? And it says, for we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. What he's saying here is, like, like we are an aroma. And can I tell you this morning, you are an aroma. And let me deal with something right now. There is no shame in Jesus Christ. If you've been set free from sin, I'm going to tell you something. You have been set free. And that shame and that guilt that we feel, and sometimes it comes on me, I'm just going to tell you, there'll be moments I'm like, man, that's from the enemy. The scripture tells us there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and called according to his part. Like, we are in Christ, the shame is gone. When Jesus died on the cross for our sin, our sin was paid for, and now that sin, that shame is removed. The scripture says, as far as the east is, from the west you are forgiven you have newness of life in jesus christ and now you have a smell but but a good one right i know we've hung around people sometimes aren't so pleasant with their smell but this is a pleasant smell how many like walk in a room and like someone's baking an apple pie and oh my goodness gracious that's my favorite thing in the entire world um you walk into the room, someone's baking a pie, and that's, that's, it's that aroma, right? It's that aroma. And what Scripture's telling us is if you're in Christ, you have an aroma. You're letting off a fragrance. And here's what's crazy is to some, it's the smell of life. I like this smell. And to others, it's the smell of death, and yet it's the same smell it's that star crunch to some that's delicious to someone else that's nasty it's the same thing though i love it how it says in the new living translation it says it like this it says to those who are perishing we are a dreadful smell of death and doom but to those who are being saved we are life-giving perfume and then um i want to read it out of the message it says in the messiah and yes, you can take notes. It's probably the first time I've ever read the message, <laughs> church. Um, in the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from a place to place in one perpetual victory parade. Amen? You're always in victory in Christ. It says, through us, he brings the knowledge of Christ everywhere we go. People breathe in exquisite fragrance. 
Because of Christ, we give off a sweet scent rising to God, which is recognized by those on the way of salvation, an aroma of life. But to those on the way of destruction, it smells like stench from a rotting corpse. The stench of death. It's the same smell, but to one, it's the smell of life, and to one, it is death. Can I tell you this morning, you need to stop worrying about what other people think about your life. The reality is, is you smell. And some people love the way you smell, and some people hate the way you smell. And some of us are busy trying to cover up the way we smell because we're afraid it'll stink to them. And that is never what you were called to do. Like, well, they might not like this. They might not like my Christianity. They might not like the way I walk with the Lord. I was talking with somebody um, last week, and they said, I, I had to give up a friendship because I started walking in discipleship. I became a disciple of Jesus Christ, and it became like everything. I wanted to be a disciple who was making disciples, which you've heard us talk about a lot in this church. And they said, I had to give up a friendship because the person said, listen, I'd like to be your friend, but I want to be the friend with you, not the disciple you. And this person said, here's the thing. There is not a me and a disciple me. There's just me. And so if you don't want this, you don't want me. And what it was, it was this right here. It was like the stench of death to that person. And some of us are like, well, I don't want to stink to anyone else. It's, it's time to stink a little. But to other people, they're going to smell it and be like, wait, that's life. That's apple pie. Come on. Like, I need that. That's the scent of life. Some of us, we don't think we're, we're good enough. We don't think we're capable enough. I'm going to go back to that. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse that we just read. Um, I think I read verses uh, 5 and 6. I'm going to go to verse 3. I want to back up to verse 3. And then we're going to read part of what I already read and go a little further. It says, and even if our gospel is veiled, like if people don't get it, they can't see it, if it stinks to them, it's veiled, and veiled means like covered up, to those who are perishing, for those who are dying. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let the sh light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And he says this, but we have this treasure, this glory, this light, right? This treasure that comes from God. We have this treasure in jars of clay. Jars of clay are these little weak, like 
Today, he might have said, we have this treasure in cardboard boxes, something weak and destructible, something not so valuable. Why? To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Like, anything good that you see in me, it belongs to God. All the glory of my life belongs to the Lord. He gets all credit but some people they're not going to see the glory all they're going to see is the jar of clay all they're going to see is the beat up cardboard box and they're going to say you aren't much you're just a jar of clay what's so special about you i wish that we could all just put to death this thing that needs the approval of other people right but you're probably like me you make a post on facebook and then check back in about four hours to see how many people liked it no i'm the only one okay i'm going to read the rest i don't know if this goes in my sermon or not but i like it we are afflicted in every way but not crushed perplexed but not driven to despair persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed always carrying in the body the death of jesus so that the life of jesus may also be manifested in our body for we who live are always being given over to death for jesus sake so that the life of jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh so death is at work in us but life is at work in you like you get life you get life this morning the 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 death of jesus we carry that in us but do you know that the story doesn't stop there with the death of jesus what happens next he raises from the dead now i'm getting into the next week's sermon right but scripture tells us that the same spirit that raised christ from the dead is right here and guess what for some people, it's going to smell like life. and They're going to be drawn to it the way the moth is to a light. But other people, it's going to stink to them and they're going to push you away. There is no middle ground, ladies and gentlemen. Some people will always see your past. Some people always see the old you that died. You can't help that. They're going to think you're a hypocrite because you're walking with Christ now. Yeah, he's all good now, but I remember back then. Right? I'm telling you, that's not the heart of Christ. The scripture tells that his mercies are new every morning. Right? St. Corinthians later in chapter 5, it'll say that we are new creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. So anytime someone brings up that past, all they're saying is, you really stink to me, you hypocrite. Because I remember how you used to be. You smell. It's not really the old you versus the new you that they don't like. It's this thing that the kingdom of God has come near, and they see Jesus as a tyrant instead of a freedom giver. Stop changing who you are. You are the life of god to the people around you like you are a light 
Stop being ashamed of who you are. Look at the person next to you. Say, stop being ashamed of who you are. Okay, we may need to try that a little, maybe again. Let's try a different thing to say. Look at the person next to you and say, you are light. Say it again. Say, you are light. Worship team, could you join me? I don't know if I'm done or not, but we'll pretend I'm getting close. You are light. In 1 Corinthians, let's just turn there. We're close. We're in the neighborhood. In 1 Corinthians, chapter 1. It says it like this, something that I've already been saying, but it says it like this. It says, in verse 18 of chapter 1, it says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Like the message of the cross, the word of the cross, it's folly, it's foolishness to people who are perishing. But to us, like it is, it's life, it's hope, it's truth. And you know what's crazy? Like I've always read this and think it's, it's completely talking about unsaved people, which I think it is. But if you go read the context of the few verses before that, I think he's more talking about denominationalism. Because before that, he's actually talking to all these church people who are saying, some are saying, you know, I was baptized by Paul. And others are like, well, I was baptized by Apollos. And oh yeah, well, I was baptized by this guy, like all these notable names. I was baptized Baptist. I was baptized Pentecostal. What you're saying is, I know more about God than you. I'm closer to God because I am this. And what Paul's saying here is, it doesn't matter what you are or what you think you know. He's talking about wisdom. Like, I'm so smart because I'm this thing. Your wisdom is nothing. You Go read the rest of it after this verse. It's like all about you and your wisdom, how smart you are. You think you can logic your way through the cross. And it has nothing to do with all of your wisdom and all your smarts and all the things you think you know. It's just about the cross. And there's nothing smart about the cross. Like as wise as you think you are, there's no way you can logic your way into the cross. It's just the cross. And it seems like foolishness to people who want wisdom. It seems like foolishness to people who are perishing, living their own life in their own way. But to us... It doesn't make sense to find your life by losing it. It doesn't make sense that if you die, then you live. But as I look across this room this morning, I see a group of people who have chosen death. Death to the old self so that Christ may be shown in you and through you. Will you stand with me for a moment?
And I've asked a few people to come and help me pray today. If you'll just come on up for a moment. Here's what I want to do this morning. Like, some of us just struggle with our past. We know Jesus has freed us. We know he's forgiven us. We know we walk in newness of life, but we, we struggle with that shame and that doubt. This morning, I want you to walk out of this place completely confident in who you are in Christ. Some of you struggle with the opinions of other people. And some of you are like, yeah, Pastor Drew, but here's the problem. It's not that, it's not the old me that they have a problem with. It's the yesterday me. Because yesterday, yesterday I might have maybe or not cussed out somebody, which definitely wasn't good that's the part they have problem with there's forgiveness in christ you guys believe that this morning like there's forgiveness in jesus christ and that you and that sin can be put away that you can confidently declare the goodness of the lord do you think it's the lord or the enemy that wants you to be ashamed of being in Christ. Whose plan is that? Like if I can get you to be ashamed of who you are, who you were yesterday or who you were last year or 10 years ago, whenever it was, maybe you'll be quieter. That's definitely not the Lord. In Christ, we can always boldly declare the message of the gospel. If you ever have a hesitation, that's not the Lord causing you to withdraw there. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Let me talk to a room full of jars of clay. A bunch of beat up cardboard boxes this morning. There's a treasure inside you this morning. There's a light inside of you. Let it out this morning. This morning, if you would like prayer, you're saying, man, Pastor Drew, this speaks to me. I need to let go of some things. I need to walk in confidence. I, I've not been walking confidently in, what, in the work that God's done for me. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to come. If you need a healing this morning, I'm going to ask you to come. If you've had any other things going on in your life, we have some people up here that want to minister life and the word to you this morning. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.